start the next walk now. And it's from, as I said, the last pub standing on King Street. So if you keep on walking um, along towards um, past the pub, uh, sorry, the um, church St Michael at Plea that we're just at, keep walking, cross over the main road and it takes you on to King Street. Now, um, the last pub standing used to be called the King's Bar, and that was run by uh, two gay men in the, um, 2015. Um, they, they used to have drag nights. They used to have run a pub called the Fox and Hounds in Great Moulton as well, between Dis and Long Stratton. And um, it was a great venue. Unfortunately, there was, um, they, they did have a, a terrible Christmas there one year and um, the, the place did get smashed up. So uh, they didn't want to continue there anymore after that and then moved back to London. But um, it was it was a really welcoming um, venue. Um, but those those drag nights, I think, were, were enjoyed by a lot of different people. But um, across from that venue, if you can look across the road, there is a... Um, that venue used to be called the Boar's Head years ago. I think it's changed lots of different names. But across the road there, you might be able to see a sign that says the, the Cock Inn. Now, that was a pub that had two different entrances. Um, and it was actually the exit of a place called Studio 4. It was the, the kind of um, that had two entrances that side. And if you walk all the way around past, um, if you come out of King Street, turn right, and then it'll be around the other side, um, you'll be able to see the other part of it on Crown Road. But um, yes, you'll be, if you can just about see where, where the pub was this side, that was the cock in. We'll talk a little bit more about Studio 4 once we get round the corner. But first of all, when you do walk up to the corner of King Street, there used to be a bookshop there called the Corner Bookshop. Um, or the Free Wheel. And that was one of the only suppliers of the gay news. And also there was Bristow's as well, which we, managed, which we mentioned on one of our other podcasts, the one on um, Bridewell Alley. And um, that was um, another one of their places, where the, one of the places you knew where to go when you wanted to kind of get your um, gay news. So um, after we've gone past the, what would have been the corner bookshop there, um, you then turn right, um, past the, that pub on the corner that I mentioned, the steam packet. And then um, behind there, if you keep going, you will be able to actually see the building. And it's down Crown Road um, that says it actually still has the cock above, um, written above it and the picture of a cock. I think it's solicitor's offices or something now. But that's actually the venue of Studio 4, which was um, the bar basically of Anglia Television. Now that um, road was um, blocked up, Crown Road was, um, and because Anglia TV wanted to build over the kind of top and all the way across. But characters like um, Pat Phoenix used to go there after they'd been performing at the Theatre Royal. Um, Lionel Blair attended there as well. Um, and a few, we've got quite a good um, kind of few reports of some wonderful nights there. So it was a separate bar at the Cock that um, people would have um, attended a separate room. And um, it was a couple called Nellie and Ken Lovewell that ran it. And um, I think Nellie kind of ran one bar and Ken ran the other. And you can get in one way and then out the other through the fire escape should the place be raided, which places were still getting raided then, unfortunately. But um, in the 
in the Gay Britain article that we have a copy of in um, the Norfolk Heritage Centre, it says um, the upstairs, so on a certain night of the week, it was called Bangs there um, in the gay news. And um, female clientele used to travel up from the airbase at Lake and Heath and Great Yarmouth as well to, to come to the to Bangs nightclub, which was actually within Studio 4. So I guess different club nights were called, were called different things. So um, that, that's kind of quite exciting. Do you know any, any more about Studio 4? I, I don't, unfortunately, Joe. apart from what you said, that it was upstairs and uh, there was a, meant to be a great disco there. And uh, yeah, I'm sure it attracted a lot of people from the area uh, at the time. It's interesting what you said about um, attracting uh, US Air Force personnel, because looking back at some of the prosecutions in the late 50s at the quarter sessions, there's one of a 21-year-old uh, US Air Force um, private uh, who was caught together with the local man. So uh, there, uh, there obviously were connections between the United States Air Force and the Norwich gay community. And we've already talked about the Shakespeare, how it was both a gay venue and a venue for the Americans during the war. So, uh, you know, there seems to be a kind of bit of a link there for decades. Yeah. And I know we've mentioned uh, when we were at St. Michael at Plea, the church there, we'd, we mentioned the kind of the moral crimes and things that would have been heard. But um, certainly, you know, the other records and things, you've studied those, haven't you, James? And yet there's other things within the county of Norfolk that have been, that um, you've discovered that aren't necessarily city centre. Yes, that's right. I mean, just talking about those quarter sessions again, between uh, 1955, 1959, what really stands out is, um, you know, how widespread a lot of activity was. So everywhere from Deerham, East Deerham, up to uh, Wells, you know, Fakenham, Kings Lynn, really across the across the county, uh, and very often, of course, these were people who may have been quite isolated in their village communities, who perhaps occasionally misinterpreted a signal from somebody they were working with on a farm or something, um, and uh, other times, you know, who knows? There may have been all kinds of you know, family or relationship politics going on. Um, what was quite uh, sad was there was one case where somebody was prosecuted for sending a, a love letter to his partner um, and uh, another guy who nearly committed suicide after being um, uh, basically arraigned for um, having sex with another man. And uh, it goes to show sort of just how much it affected people's lives back in the late 50s. Um, but it goes a lot further back as well. I mean, I mean there's loads of things we could talk about. And um, the tailor of Dis back in 1742, who had a lodger, a male lodger, and poisoned his wife-to-be because he couldn't stand the thought of losing him and ended up uh, being hung on Dis Common in front of uh, 20,000 people. And, uh, and of course, and I can never quite get the name right, Marietta, Marietta uh, Paris, Panis, uh, at, at Longor Farm at Hickling, who lived there with Phyllis Clark in the early 20th century, who really changed our amazing botanist and, uh, and ecologist, who uh, changed our understanding of ecology and, uh, you know, and the way in which species were interrelated, but also that, that helped, un helped us understand the broads were actually man-made and then sort of cut her famous double-headed Byzantine eagle with her 
initials in the uh in the in the in the marsh there you know and obviously phyllis was buried there and then she was buried there in 1963 yeah it's a it's a wonderful story um and uh, you know it just shows that there you know wherever we go there are there is history you know it just it just needs uncovering so that's why we're really pleased to be able to do you know these kind of walks and talks uh to be, to be able to cover and reveal these things um so Studio Four was well loved, I think, by quite 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 a few people from from where we were there. And um, if you do get to see that Gay Britain article, you'll be able to to read that in there. But we're going to um, walk a little bit up now um, towards Castle Gardens. But before we walk up um, towards there, um, we're going to go past number 21 Cattle Market Street, which is no more. But there is um, there's some flats there now. But there was a, a pub there called the Buff Coat. And um, it was a well-known kind of venue for, with American airbase personnel, I think, and, you know, during the war um, and certainly would have been um, quite alive and kicking, I think. But the pub, um, the pub had been, was demolished in 1964. So it's only certain people had these memories of the place and also had been passed on memories as well from, from older gay men to the younger kind of generation who are now the older gay men generation, let's say. So, um, yeah, that, that was um, quite well known. It looked like a, a lovely venue. But then um, when you get to the top of the hill there, of course, um, you've got um, Archant. And that has a not such a great um, story, I think. But um, the, the one story that I can tell you about it is that in 1992, um, UEA students protested outside because they were not taking same-sex personal ads. And um, yeah, that was that was something that were, that kind of happened outside those EDP Archant offices there. But, um, it's, it's really noteworthy, actually, Joe, how much things have changed because I was connected to the UEA when um, those students were doing that. And there was also a big uh, letter writing campaign, national letter writing campaign about it because there was a strong sense for decades that the EDP wouldn't have anything that was gay or that, you know, talked about homosexuality, or, you know, um, in a positive light or, or relationship light. And now it's all completely the other way around. It's, it's positive. It's fully embraced, embraced LGBT issues. They're featured regularly in the paper. Pride is always celebrated in the paper. Loads of pictures, you know, right up front. It's brilliant how things have changed, I think, over the the years compared to then compared to the, you know the the 80s and the early 90s yeah yeah um so um but yeah it's it's interesting there always seems to be a tie with the uea so i think that's what makes the city so welcoming and more vibrant is perhaps that we have we are a university city and that's why you know it's always been quite a nice venue to be as an sorry location to be as an lgbt person because we have the university I don't know, a few people have said that um, to me before, whether that's true or not, well, I don't know. Um, but before we go into Castle Gardens, um, if, we, if we're to look right um, towards um, um, that big building that is called Open, unfortunately closed this year, <laughs> Open closed. <laughs> and, but it was a massive, it used to be the Gurney Bank that was built in 1779. Um, but it's quite um, noteworthy because it was the home of Future Radio for quite a while and, and uh, Pride Live uh, Pride Live used to be recorded there. 
and My Pride Life was recorded there. You can still listen to those recordings on Future Radio on their archive, but it's well worth listening to because a lot of local individuals recorded, uh, it was almost like a desert island disc, really, My Pride Life, and they choose a few songs and talk about um, what it's like to come out. And Pride Live used to have um, people, you know, a, a live music night, basically. So um, that building is quite important also for young people as well that used to be able to meet there and things um, are open, um, which is now closed, unfortunately to say. But we're going to go through Castle Gardens now. And as we walk, as we walk through Castle Gardens, there's a little bit to the right called Dingley Dell. And that apparently used to be full of American airmen. It's kind of an overgrown area of the ditches around the um, around the um, castle gardens um, which can be also seen from the offices but it's mostly obscured from the, from the roadway um, but yes that, that used to be quite a, a meeting venue there and there also used to be a building there um, kind of near the bridge called the pepper pot and it actually looks like a pepper pot which again was another cottage in the uh, that was in the castle gardens but um, as we come out at the top there if we cross uh, cross over so if we had um, Archant to our left, let's say, and then at the top there we can get through um, what's Castle Mall. So it's the entrance to the cinema. Um, it's not called Castle Mall anymore. It's called something else. But the cinema, the view cinema entrance, basically, if you were to walk through that entrance there and go through, there's a big mural on the wall of Stephen Fry there, which of course is a massive gay, you know, uh, gay supporter icon and everything. So um, as we walk through there, we can, we can see the wonderful Stephen Fry. And then we come out on the other side onto Timber Hill. Um, and um, on Timber Hill, um, we've got, um, the wonderful St. St. John's Church there on the corner. Now, um, they're, they're much more than welcoming, I'd say, at St. John's Church. They have a Trans Memorial Day service. They have um, an AIDS Memorial Day service. Uh, they have special Christmas services for LGBT plus people. But also they have something that's really very unique, and that's the AIDS Memorial book. And each month the page is turned over and written on those pages are the people that, um, that unfortunately um, died because of AIDS. And um, that, that book's well looked after. There's flowers put on top of it. It's behind a glass cabinet. But when you go into the building, if you if you look to the front, it's on the right at the very bottom there. It's, it's The church is very often open, perhaps not during the pandemic, but it's definitely worth a visit um um if, if you get the opportunity because that's quite a unique thing i don't know of any other churches or venues actually that have that so um yeah that's a quite a sad but um a kind of telling kind of uh, book so um we're now when we come out of there you can see um john lewis is across the road now the the only uh, connection we have there is that the window dresser um, was um, Terry Chappelle, and he was the partner of Big Daddy, who and Big Daddy's run the, as we said before, um, the Bedford's Grill or um, Karma Cafe, the Hunters Club. That's what it's yeah. called, the Hunters Club as well. So, and also at the back of, um, well, we're going to be walking up along that way in a little while anyway. 
but Terry Chappelle also used to play at the Crochet Arms, um, which is kind of the opposite end of the city, but he'd have an organ and he'd kind of have a pink glitter um, kind of screen at the, behind him. So, but um, yeah, he, I think he used to help design quite a lot of, you know, stuff that was going on, but I think they were partners for quite, quite a, a number of years. I don't know if you know any more about, about them. No, I don't. I don't, unfortunately. No, not on this one. No, that's all right. Well, um, we'll, we'll walk along now, shall we? As if we're, we're going to go to um, further along past John Lewis. So keep John Lewis on your right. Um, and then we're going to go along to what's the Jolly Butchers. And it's 125 Burr Street. Um, it's now split into two. It's made into two offices now, unfortunately. But at the back, as we we're talking about Big Daddies, the back, there was kind of like a barn that was converted into a disco. Um, but much prior to that, um, the Black Anna, a lady called Black Anna used to run the Jolly Butchers. Um, and that was at, at the front there. And um, it used to be, we've got some great footage from Arch and, and, and from... Um, picture Norfolk and things as well and uh, you know different film footage and things as well of the kind of the jazz nights and singing nights and, and things that used to go on in there um, it you know it really was a well-known kind of venue for World War II American servicemen um, there was jazz and blues went on there um, and busloads used to come there from places like Peterborough, Ipswich, that, you know, there weren't many places like it in the area that were so welcoming. Um, and um, Albert Cooper, who I mentioned before, who, who started up the Jacquard Club, um, he used to, she asked him to join there and, and sing because he had such this wonderful voice. And um, he, he worked there the 60s to the 80s. Um, and that, big, that club at the back was a members only club. Uh, called Big Daddies. The DJ was called Michael Gay. Unfortunately, he's he's dead now. But um, that was in fierce competition at the time with uh, the nightclub called the Caribbean Club. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about that um, later on. But it was in the 80s. It was a really good reggae and soul venue night as well there. So which quite a few kind of people remember. But, I think uh, it's, it's worth note talking about uh, Anna... Uh, I think it was Anna Hannant, um, Black Anna. And, uh, you know, she ran the pub from the wartime period onwards, inheriting it uh, through to her death in, not, I think it was 1973. And the year before that, she gave a, a, a great uh, um, interview to About Anglia in 1972, which is available for free, I think, from uh, the might be the Norfolk uh, Archive Centre, sort of, that I you think download it's the, like. um, the um, oh, I forgot what the, the, uh, the archive is now, the, um, uh, it's called. The East, Anglian, the East Anglian Film Archive. That's it, yeah, that's yes. it. But it is yes. definitely for free, that it's available, and you can just, uh, you can just find it online, it's really wonderful, and you can see her, her singing, and it shows her, her and her element really sort of inspiring everybody to join in. Um, she said that she was influenced by great singers like Sophie Tucker um, and uh, interval singers like Sophie Tucker. And uh, but she never she was always fascinated by sort of vocal technique, uh, but she never really wanted to go professional. She just enjoyed, you know, doing it 
there in the confines of the pub, but she was a great singer and uh, really enjoyed sort of singing along with the band, encouraging everyone to, to carry uh, carry on with her and uh, and very welcoming to um, to the gay community as well, I think, throughout. Um, it, was, it was seen as a, a real sort of haven for gay people. Yeah, I think it was welcoming for everyone. And actually, it was the last um, DOS house, um, you know, when the, when the prisons were full at night, they'd, they'd ask Anna if she'd put people up in the, and, and she did. Um, so it's the last name, but also it was quite well known for prostitutes as well. So uh, one of the oral histories I was given was like the prostitutes were one side and the gay men were the other, but one side had the jukebox in. This isn't when the nights when the venues were on, but it was well used because that was the area where uh, the prostitutes used to hang around kind of um, Burr Street yeah. and King Street. Yeah. And actually there's some steps that go down. If you cross over the road from there and um, where, the, where those kind of council flats are, there's some steps that go down to Ruan Road and um, they're known as the prostitutes uh, steps um, down there. And then the telephone box at the bottom were called the prostitutes offices as well, apparently, because the phone boxes. Um, so it was quite, quite well known there. And um, actually when you, when you go a little bit further down, if you cross, down from Ruan Road down to the kind of King Street, you then come on to what, what was the ferry boat um, pub, which was a really wonderful Sunday night venue as well. It's now, it was going to become a backpackers. Unfortunately, it looks like it doesn't look like anything that there's going to be anything at the moment, but it's another pub that's shut down. But that was a place where everyone was welcome and they had a back room that used to be packed. And there was a lady called May that used to play on the piano and she used to play hymns, dirty songs. She was a bit of a fagash lil, apparently. She'd been kind of called from there. So um, that's a, that's kind of another venue. But as you kind of um, um, walk along from there, and um, well, you could, if you think of uh, up the hill there at Carrow House was where the social services used to have their HIV and AIDS team up there as well. We won't walk up there, but that's just a little kind of reminder there. And of course, Carrow Road, we've got the Proud Canaries there, Justin Fashionu, um, a, you know, a, a great footballer and also um, a, a great kind of it's where the Proud Canaries were set up because because of the kind of fan club and based on things like the Gay Gooners. And Pride in Football was also set up there as well. Um, and um, they all went along um, with the Three Lions Pride to um, the World Cup and were able to do that. 19th of February, incidentally, is Justin Fashionu's birthday. So um, we're very close to that date as we're recording this. And you can actually see his golden goal if you want to. You were able to find that online. So that's another little thing about Carrow Road. But we're walking along now towards um, Wensome Lodge. And, and which is also the music house. And as I mentioned in another recording, um, Nugent Monk, so Walter Nugent Monk, um, a gay man who set up the Norwich Players. Um, that was his um, first venue for the Norwich Players after he'd kind of started at Ninham's Court. Uh, he's the founder of the Madden Market Theatre. And that was kind of his second venue before they went to um, the Madden Market. Also, we need to mention the Waterfront nightclub, I think, don't we, as well, because they used mm. to have great nights down there, Absolution yep. Nights um, in the 90s. So um, that's another great venue um, down on King Street. 
And, uh, but as we continue to walk um, along King Street here, um, as we look to the left, you can see St Julian's Church there. And beyond that, um, All Hallows Hall. And the nuns were fine, actually, about having um, centre group running there, so centre 71, as, as we know that they, they were operating from a cathedral close there. Um, but I believe you, you know quite a bit about Mother, or a little bit about Mother Julian. James? I do know a little bit about Mother Julian Jo, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, she was an anchorite, which basically means that she, was a, uh, she wasn't a nun, but she was somebody who decided to uh, give her life to God and to Christ. And she decided to um, take up sort of permanent residence in a small cell, uh, one room cell, which would have been added on to St. Julian's Church. And uh, basically there would have been, you know, no way uh, that she could have left that, but there would have been a window at sort of head level where she could have seen the outside world. People could come and speak to her, you know, she could receive food and so on um, at mealtimes. And um, this... This was how she lived her life. And it was something which was considered a privilege at the time, actually, uh, for women to become anchorites. It was a sign of special sort of sanctity and devotion in the 14th century when she did it. But she stands out for us because she's the first woman in English whose voice we hear uh, written down. Uh, and that's through her revelations of divine love, which was uh, essentially were the visions that she experienced um, as a young woman in 1373. Um, I think she was coming up to about 30 and she thought she was on her deathbed. She was having all these visions, you know, to do with the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God and the, the universe and the cosmos. And um, so she thought that, that that was it. She was on her way out, but it wasn't. Uh, and after she recovered, she had a, a friend who was a clerk who who helped her, you know, he wrote down basically everything that she told him about each of the visions. And um, people have found them useful and, and comforting, really, from that day to this. It's a really unique work of medieval uh, literature, you know, from a medieval woman. And um, as I say, she's the first woman in English that we really get to hear and uh, whose writing survived and it's also very comforting because she doesn't going to go on about hellfire and damnation it's the complete opposite it's uh you know god being love and uh love is his meaning and you know and in the end she says her famous words most famous words uh, tend to be known are all shall be well and no. all shall be well no. and all, all manner of things shall be. shall be well uh which is obviously very comforting and i actually have that on a little uh on a little placard thing that i uh have in the house and uh it is remarkably comforting so you know she's a great medieval mystic and her reputation i think is well deserved um and a great sort of figure in terms of um uh women's history as well yeah so i'm, I'm glad that we're, we're able to include her and and one of her other sayings was go gaily um and, and one of and so if you do actually go manage to go into the church and you can visit where her cell, where they think her cell was, and a separate area, and kind of a shrine there for her now, haven't they? So that's right. They, you can they, light candles. Yeah, it's it's a nice, peaceful place to go. Um, but we're and we're going to go over Lady Julian Bridge now. Um, so across the river, 
and um, we can then, as we go down Riverside, we will then see the Nelson Hotel on our left, which is actually um, where some of our Norwich mature gay community meet regularly. And um, it's thanks to a lot of them that have given us a lot of this history. So thank you to, to all of you that have done that. Um, and um, that, that's a place in itself, you know, that's for, for quite a few um, years, really. And um, across the road, we've also got the railway station. And as we spoke about before, the coming of the railways, it just offered more freedom for people, you know, more possibilities. And um, people were able to come to the city for work and they found different ways of life and things. So it was possible to be a gay person, perhaps, um, in those times with the coming of the railways and also meet people on a weekend, you know, <laughs> things like that. So it just opened things up for people. Um, also, so on this kind of triangle where we're stood, we've got the railway station, we've got the Nelson Hotel, which has Costa Coffee Shop. And then across there, we've got a pub called The Complete Angler. And they used to have leather nights down there in 2008, around that time, um, called In Instinct. Um, so um, that, that's kind of another venue. And if we kind of look up to the left there, you can take a walk up there if you want to. Um, we have the famous Loft nightclub, which was also prior to that known as the Caribbean. And this is where um, Big Daddy's um, kind of went into co fierce competition with the pub called the Caribbean Club. And actually, um, the, um, it then became the Loft. Um, but the um, people, um, Bernie, who now runs the the Catherine Wheel, she used to run the loft years ago as well. Um, but it's now run by the, say, the same people that um, have the Lollard's Pit pub. So if you want to walk along Riverside, you could walk up there towards the Lollard's Pit. And also the Castle Pub, uh, there are two venues which are, are gay friendly. Actually, the Castle Pub is a gay venue, whereas Lola's Pit, I think, is um, uh, gay friendly. But between those two pubs as well, there used to be a gay friendly place called the um, Raglan Arms, uh, the Lord the, Raglan. The Lord. Um, that's right, isn't it? And um, it's right kind of on that roundabout, right at the bottom Um um of, of the hill there and um it's just a it's just a residential a residential house now but that was that was um that was run by a gay man as well but um the Lollard's pit has has it's a fantastic old building at the at the bottom of gas hill and um, you can't really miss it and it that's got masses of history there um james do you know that can you tell us any more about that yeah i can i mean what i was just going to say was the raglan was was lovely in its time in the early mid 90s um used to have a very nice like little water garden outside you could sit in overlooking the wensum and uh while having a pint uh and i remember it as a really friendly sort of little venue as well in its time um then the lollard's pits uh is a really famous area uh for a number of reasons because underneath the garden there there's a natural kind of bowl-shaped depression which used to be used for a variety of reasons some not so great some some more more interesting um perhaps the most positive use was uh they used to put plays on there in tudor times in 1542 when henry VIII was talking about marrying his son edward future edward the sixth to uh mary queen of scots who was an infant then as well uh there was a celebration of their uh, supposed kind of treaty of marriage and they they put plays on there um but also in the past, 
uh, it was used as a place for burning heretics, unfortunately. So from the uh, trials of 1431, when a lot of the Lollards, Lollards were people who questioned a lot of the established church ritual and the need for it and uh, famously uh, were headed up by John Wycliffe, who published the first translation of the Bible into English. Um, some of them were burnt there in 1431. Others were burnt by Queen Mary during her short reign in the late 1550s, including one uh, very brave woman who, seeing two people being burnt there, just said that she would drink from the same cup as they were uh, pledging from and ended up uh, being burnt herself um, in the same place. And that was Cecily Orms uh, of St. Lawrence's Parish in Norwich in 1558. And... Um, so not such a great sort of series of stories there, but, um, you know, right now it's a, it's a lovely sort of 16th century, late 16th century, 17th century house um, and pub and very welcoming, a great place to go during Pride Days. Uh, and it's really good because it's also there, you know, it tends to be sort of all ages, but it also really sort of welcomes older people, middle-aged older members of the community. And a lot of the uh, Norwich Mature Gay Community events have been, up until the pandemic, were taking place there. It's just a natural, friendly pub, really. And in summer, lovely garden outside, uh, as well with the old well. So, um, yeah, so again, sort of lots, lots of history there. Uh, opposite Bishop's Bridge, where Kett's rebels fought running battles during the uh, rebellion of 1549 as well. Mm, it might be a good place actually to go and have a look and if you walk over the Bishop's Bridge there keep walking and then you'll be able to see the Bishop's Gate and you might be able to just think where that um, cottage was that we were talking about um, there. But so I want to just talk about the Lord Rosebury as well which is there's a few other venues in, in Norwich. We could we just couldn't have been able to do the whole pub walks and they're not all open now anyway. But um, it was, and also the Roebuck on Southwell Road in Norwich. These were all venues that um, people used to kind of um, frequent as well, which were very, very friendly. And also the Cricketers Rest, which is on Queens, uh, the corner of Queens Road and Hall Road, kind of that area. Um, the, all these venues were really well known kind of in the um, 80s going into the 90s as well. Um, so that's the Lord Rosebury and that was run by one of our friends. Um, and as I say, the Roebuck on Southwell Road, that's the pavilion now, which is like a beauty parlour. Um, so, yeah, that 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 was right up until the um, early 90s as well but unfortunately the cricketers wrestling closed for quite a quite a number of years now and I believe a pub across the road called William the William the I can't remember William the something but I think it's now the um, Indian restaurant that was also a venue as well so a couple of other kind of pubs in Norwich with perhaps a little bit more recent history but um perhaps that's another walk that we'll do another way another day eh James so but thanks ever so much for joining me James and I really I really am grateful for your input and support with it I've really enjoyed doing it and uh, yeah, I've loved it too thank you yeah. Joe thank you very much for inviting me yeah great to be able to here to share uh, to be here to, to to work with you and share some uh, thoughts and uh, and what we know you know yeah. and a bit more widely with people 
Yeah, and it'd be really wonderful as well if we if we can get some um, input from uh, some some way or another afterwards to see um, if you enjoyed it. And I'm sure there's lots of places that we've missed out, but it's really wonderful that uh, that uh, people have been able to join us and listen and just think about their own their own history as well alongside uh it. And if people do know of somewhere we've we have missed out or they know sort of stories that perhaps we haven't mentioned, then uh, you know, if they get in touch, uh, I guess Joe, with you at the yeah, library. The Heritage Centre, uh, Norfolk Heritage Centre, yeah. So um please please put um underneath the podcast, please put some notes on there because they are checked quite regularly to to say actually you've missed this out and then um i'll happily get in touch and it, it you know and I, I know there's there's probably um a walk that we're formulating in great yarmouth as well but that that's going to have to be in another time but we look forward to we look forward to doing that in the future so thanks all again for listening